Good morning to you and welcome to the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years. And a busy old morning. Shortly we talk all things Crusaders with Robert Van Royen. He is a Stuff's Crusaders expert. Frank Endicott on the Warriors' chances against the Panthers and all things Rugby League. It's magic round this weekend. And Dan Nichols from the Canterbury Red Devils Ice Hockey League. Of course, this weekend sees the start of the New Zealand Ice Hockey League. So let's get busy. Time to talk Crusaders rugby with Crusaders expert for stuff and that's Robert Van Royen. Morning mate. Yeah morning mate, you well? Yeah look I'm, I'm on fire, it's a Saturday morning, can't be too much worse than that. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Crusaders campaign to date and more specifically that Chiefs game last weekend, what did you make of the Crusaders? Well and, and, and they probably uh, walked away thinking should have won that. I mean, all that possession territory, uh, they made more defenders miss. They, I mean, they statistically, they dominated the game, but the Chiefs did a Crusaders on the Crusaders. I mean, it was really, actually, I think Scott Robinson noted it after the game in the press conference that it felt like the, uh, the semi-final in Christchurch last year when the Chiefs came down here. They had all the possession, all the territory, dominated the match, but the Crusaders, uh, it was one of those nights where you were better off not having the ball their defence won the game, and the Chiefs made about three times as many tackles uh, as the Crusaders last weekend. And, and GD defence has been outstanding all season. And, um, I mean, three tries apiece. Uh, and Crusaders may be a bit lucky to get that penalty try. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of their performances this year, I thought it was one of their better performances. I've been very clunky. Mm. I've repeatedly said that this year. They just haven't really clicked yet. But that was definitely uh, one of the more cohesive performances. They finally... I mean, they struck 22 phases together at one stage. Um, much improved. Their line-out was better than it's been. It's been a real issue for them this year. Um, but just their finishing, though, that's still... And that's all week this week. That's been the main focus uh, for the Crusaders, just just finishing those chances. So, so when, you, when you look and you use that word clunky, as you have often used the season... Why do you think that is? Because the one thing we know about Scott Robinson as the Crusaders is their, is their discipline, their, their ability to execute. That seems to be off. Is there a number of reasons or one reason? Well, I think the obvious one and the main one would be, would be just they've had so much. They haven't really had many, much continuity with their lineups this year. I mean, 17 in, the injury toll at 17 only a few weeks ago. So there's been a lot of different guys uh, moving parts. I mean, and just, look, Will Jordan's back uh, this afternoon, um, and don't underestimate how big that is. I mean, you're missing... Stevie Reese has obviously gone for the season. You know, some big names that... uh, I mean, that that backline, just when you take away Will Jordan and Stevie Reese, but those two combined for 20 tries last year. At least the firing Anuku has has been outstanding this year, but he's actually also missed a bunch of games, so they missed, missed a lot of firepower this year. And then you take away some of those key cogs, in the forwards, like Whitelock's missed a bunch of games, obviously, Cullen Grace and Ethan Blackadder. Um, so it just adds yeah, up, right? it, just, it just adds up, right? And it's like it's like any comedy. Yeah. If you can keep your cattle healthy, then you're a better chance of winning games. Look, I, I'm intrigued to know about the return of Will Jordan. He hasn't played since the Rugby Championship in September of last year, mm. and they're talking about uh, struggling mm. with migraines. Is that uh, bought on by any concussion issues? Because that, that, for me, I, I see that and I go, oh, that's worrisome, straight up. Gets another knock. What, what's going on? Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. They have always, they, I mean, this goes back to 2018. He missed the whole, I mean, people sort of forget that. Yeah, he missed the whole 2018 Super Rugby season. It was meant to be his first year. Uh, and it was all year at Lingen. They weren't sure. And initially it was put down as concussion. But then later they said, well, no, this wasn't concussion. It was 
uh, inner, an inner ear problem, uh, they called it, and, and he was having uh, vertigo, vision problems oh. after training. Uh, and then he obviously played played through until last September, and then it came up again after that Bledisloe Cup finale, Eden Park, missed the Northern Tour, and now he's obviously, eight months later, he's about to return again. They're still not calling it, uh, they're still saying it's not concussion related. He didn't take a, a knock. Uh, they redefined it as a migraine related issue. Um, Yes, I mean after trainings, he's been he's been having seen headaches and, and some yeah visual visual stuff. I mean, unfortunately, Crusaders didn't put him up this week, so we couldn't speak to him. Uh, sounds like if all goes well this week, he will be up next week. So it'd be good to just get some of those details. I guess I mean everyone's this is a key All Black, right? I and mean, we everyone wants to know exactly what's been going on. I mean, does can this still pop up? Um, we did ask Scott Robertson yesterday. Is this, you know is, is Will Jordan still going to be? Week to week, is there a chance this you know flares up again after training early next week? And he said, "Well, look, we'll get through this week, and, and we'll see what happens. We'll answer that question then." So, yeah, look, a little bit of caution with his return. Still, uh, he was named internally a couple of weeks ago, yeah. um, but between Monday and the Wednesday, uh, he was then scratched. He wasn't on the team sheet. So, look, I mean, you just you just can't, you never know. He could uh, he could go get through captain's run today and not feel 100 and he, and he might not be a guy so we just got a bit of caution there for sure So, so when you, if you read into that uh, and you read into it as as all journalists and, and we do right we're always looking for a story or an inside track that would suggest to me that they're not super confident that they've got this problem sorted even after 8 months Yeah well I think um, I mean Scott, Scott Robbins is he's, he's one of his uh, quotes Yesterday he said, like he feels good, um, but then he sort of two, at the moment, you know, three, three more words, all right, you know. So it was just like I sort of looked at that and thought, mm, you know, there's, you know, there's still just definitely some caution, a real whiff of caution with his return. And, and again, I just go back to the fact that a couple of weeks ago he was internally named, and then uh, a couple of days later he was, it was no, he's actually not coming back. So um, the, the good, I guess he, he has been. I mean, to all the last few home games. Um, sitting up in the in the tribunes, he's I've been watching him carefully because he's always out there warming up with the team, and he's doing everything everyone else is doing. Um, so yeah. All righty. Well, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'd still be I'd be watching that one closely because it's it's World Cup mm, year, mm. and mm. this next period, particularly, let's just say the next two or three weeks, that might be critical to his World Cup chances. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Look, he's got to show that he can. It's a real worry if, if he, if, you know, say he plays uh, this afternoon and then um, he, he's gone in a week or in a two and then he's in and out of the team and this got, hopefully this really can settle down as it did after 2018, yeah. encouragingly, for a bunch of years. So, But, yeah, absolutely, it's, it's crucial for him. It's crucial for the Crusaders and, obviously, the All Blacks looking further. But he's going to he's going to bring some firepower, and, that, and that's what we know. Let's let's try and uh, bring some positive to the Crusaders because there's a there's a young kid. I know his dad because he's a Putaru boy in the in the South Waikato. But Noah Hotham gets another chance to start. Nineteen years of age and seems to be ticking all the boxes. Yeah, this is. I mean, when they 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 really wanted this guy. He's, he's the future at half. I mean, you look, they lost Bryn Hall last year. Drummond's been around um, for a while now. Willie Hines is, is the finisher, but this guy, I mean, Razor's repeatedly said he's the, he's the future. He's got a, he signed a three-year deal last year, and what they really like about him is he's got obviously got a slick pass, um, but they really like that, that he's a real running halfback, and the Crusaders haven't really had that. Um, Bryn Hall and Drummond, you know, were a very good combo between 17 and last year. Um but they more real good game managers, but they just didn't have that X factor, the halfback who could pick it up and, 
and snipe, and he's got a real good running game. And I think if you, a few weeks back against the Reds, we saw he set up a try to Dom Gardner, just darted, made a guy, a couple of guys miss, offloaded, bang, um, Gardner scored. So he brings a different element to the Crusaders' attack, and that's something that raises points out quite a bit. Hey, uh, they've got they're resting Sam Whitelock, precaution on that uh, that Arkley's niggle. Uh, do, how much does that take out of them? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, they said he, played, he took a knock to the Arkellys against the Chiefs, but it, you know, he, it happened early in the game and he played through the game. And it was no real issue. So, yeah, definitely more of a precautionary rest when you think. Uh, you got to remember, there's still rest weeks that got to be ticked off, right? I mean, the, they had a bye break up a couple of weeks ago, but. Um, yeah, this week was uh, this week. They've got the Waratahs and Moana Pacifica to come between the Blues and Canes, so there'll be a bunch of other guys, no doubt, sitting. Um, oh, look, what looks massive, and that's a big reason why their line air hasn't been near as polished as it's been in recent years. Is the fact that Whitelock's just missed so much of this season. He's just very, he's just so important to them and their forwards in general. So, I mean, against the Force, I mean, the good news is Zach Gallagher's back on the bench. He's still got Scott Barrett. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean. The, I don't think it's a massive one this week. Obviously, you want him back for the Blues next week. He, he, yeah, it's a big one. Uh, Brody McAllister gets his first start at hooker. What, what do you know? What is what do you know of Brody McAllister? We've got Cody Taylor on the bench. So, is this just a, a resting of Taylor just to keep him fit for the finals get, as we get closer? Yeah, I think so. Absolutely, that's what it is. But um, McAllister hasn't had too many um, opportunities to start this year. Um, and, and what really would have interested me this year is if George Bell was fit. I mean, obviously, really disappointed for him to miss the season. This was going to be a big year for him, and he's highly touted as having a big future. I mean, and if they had all three healthy, I really was that was a big thing ahead of the season. I was looking forward to seeing how they rotated those three hookers. Um, McAllister's a he's a he's a heck of a player around the paddock. Um, his line-out throwing has looked a little bit to be desired this year, to be honest. A few too many overthrown over the top. Uh, a few wonky ones as well. Um, but he's a good operator generally, and he's a very good hooker around the paddock. Um, and also over the ball. Welcome back to the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner as we continue our chat with Stuff's Crusaders expert, Robert Van Royen. When you look at the, the way this season has panned out for the Crusaders, they're there or thereabouts, right? They're, they're sitting in, uh, what, uh, it's five versus ten at the moment. The Chris, uh, these forces are sitting in, in tenth position. Do you, how much of a test do you see this as for Scott Robinson before he becomes your back coach. I know we're way off, but I, you know, you look at uh, people put under pressure. Do you think this is a an early test now that things aren't rolling? They're not. They're not the dominant team. Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely, there's, there's that there, and I think that these next few weeks are quite telling. I mean, it's, it's quite, since they play the Blues and the Hurricanes, um, they, they it essentially means if, if they win the rest of their games and the Brumbies drop at least one, and they've got to play the Chiefs yet. Uh, the Crusaders can still finish second. Um, I mean, I don't. I mean, every point's crucial for them now. I mean, you look at that team they've named against the Force. Um, they're certainly not taking the Force easy. It's, it's basically full strength outside of Whitelock and, and um, Ethan Blackhead are still out. Mm. Um, so definitely not gonna. They're not gonna. Uh, I don't think they're gonna get any chance of an ambush kind of thing. They're not gonna take anyone easily. But it's definitely a test for them because. Um, yeah, second seed remains the goal. If not, I still don't think it's the end of the world for this team. I mean, they've shown over the years they can go to Johannesburg, Eden Park, um, Canberra, and, and, and win in the playoffs. Um, and I also feel they've played some of their better rugby away from home in recent years since that, that massive streak got ended by the Canes, which is something the Crusaders have touched on as well, just not playing as well at home as, as they have in the past. Um, but this is definitely a test for him. I mean, look, if, if right, 
you just know that if he doesn't go out with another title, it's <laughs> tough as this. You just know there's going to be there's going to be noise, isn't It'd there? He'd be blacklisted about, on oh, the streets of Christchurch. <laughs> Who are you anyway? Oh, you're the All Black Cash. I don't care. I mean, I mean, the, the thing is, Canterbury supporters are purely Canterbury supporters, aren't they? And you could be the best thing since sliced bread, but tomorrow you could be dog Tucker. <laughs> oh, absolutely. The expectations are, certain, are certainly high, and then look you, and. And they do get uh, they do get the best of every team every week because it's just that's just what it demands when you've won when you've had that much success everyone comes armed and eager to, to have a crack at you and uh, and look the Chiefs have set the bar this year no doubt about that I mean you just can't argue with it they've just been the best team and and the comp by a long shot you know they've they've dodged the injury bug which in, in recent years the Chiefs you look at them they've been they've been hammered by injuries it's just been it's been staggering and compared to the other sides but this year it's been the other way a lot of the other teams have have copped it and. The Chiefs, have, they've had a couple like Leonard Brown. But, um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, it's a fascinating. Uh, this run-in is going to be big. And, and the Crusaders are normally very good at timing their run, sort of playing their best rugby those last, you know, three, four weeks and, and then just ramping up when it when it all goes on the line in the sudden death rugby. Yeah, well, yeah, and that's I think that's probably where people are thinking that there's an edge now, that they, they are not looking as, mm. uh, let's just say, as confident as, as we have come to expect. And this will be a, a huge man management task by Coach Robertson. Let's take a look at the force. They're busted, right? They are busted. You talk about injuries, that they're struggling all over the place. But they get a new signing in, in Wallaby, uh, who's uh, just come back from Japan, Issi Naisirani, big back row, and they're saying they need him to s- just punch through the line. Yeah, he, he's um, he's dynamite, and uh, and look, and you, you, that's, you look at the Chiefs, and you look at the teams that do the best, that, that really have done well. They've got those big, those guys with the ability to carry to carry the ball over the advantage line, and that's exactly what he is. And, and to be fair to the force, I mean, yeah, like in the backs, they've got a couple, and there's actually the a lot of uh, Crusaders. They'll they'll recognise Manasa Mateli out there. Uh, Chase Tia Tia is there as well, so they've got some outside backs with the bit of flair, but gee, I mean, you can't really can't imagine the force giving them too many too many difficulties. Um, it will be good to see Manasa Matili have a rate. He was fantastic for the Crusaders there for a couple of years. Hey, so so you've just basically said uh, it's not a banana skin game, because that was my next thing, because uh, you've suggested we got you, they're throwing a big team out there, but so now for you, it's not a banana skin game at all. It's a, it's a Crusaders win all the way. <laughs> you gave yourself well, yeah, away, like, mate. Just, you gave yourself yeah. away. Yeah. I just don't, yeah, I just don't think the, yeah, in the past, this these are the kind of ones, especially when they've played the, over the years, years ago when you go back a, a fair way, the Crusaders slipped up against the force a few times, normally in Perth to be fair, but but yeah, I just can't, just looking at, given they're coming off that loss last week, looking at the team they've named, they're definitely, uh, they're not, t- and they, they just know that they need, every point is actually crucial now, and they've got the Blues next week, um, so Look, they just can't afford to um, to take it lightly against any of these sides now. Is there much chatter on the streets about this game? Are we going to see a, a fuller Orange Theory Stadium? Because let's be blunt, some of the crowds, barring the the big matchups like last week, aren't really drawing crowds to Super Rugby. No, yeah, you're right. They're definitely not. Um, and it feels like there hasn't been many home games here this year, and they've been, and it's been a long time since there was a home game. And part of that is they they took that home game against the Hollanders, which was in Melbourne. Um, look, I think the fact that it's an afternoon game certainly helps. Um, this afternoon, for the weather's looking decent enough, so uh, conditions are going to be good for good rugby. And I think the fact Will Jordan's back is is a real. Yeah. You know, the, the crowd was not bad on Richie Mwanga's a hundred. That was actually quite decent on an average night. Um, I think it'll, it might might be decent uh, this afternoon. You got Will Jordan. There's a lot of there's certainly been a lot of chat about him coming back and. 
Look, I think there is definitely a bit more edge around the Crusaders fan base, given the Chiefs have dropped them twice this year, and 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 they've got a bit of a fight on their hands. And, and my biggest complaint with Super Rugby is the fact there hasn't been enough. There's too many regular season games that don't carry. They don't. It doesn't. You know, the fans don't have to be fully engaged because they can. If they lose, oh, they're still going to make the playoffs. Oh, they're still going to make the playoffs. Yeah, that's still the case with the Crusaders. They're in the playoffs already. They're going to make it, but. The fact that they've lost to the Chiefs twice, they've got a fight on their hands for a top four, top two spot. Um, there's definitely a little bit more edge. Hey, I want, I want one final qu- uh, answer to a question from you, Rob. It's the, the draft idea. Do you think a draft idea would be good in Super Rugby and would the Crusaders be the, the team that would be impacted most? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 mean, I actually asked Razor about yesterday and, and you played something well for the Chiefs played, said he wasn't keen on it. Uh, and, and you can, it would just change everything, right? I remember when I, I did a story ahead of the season about the Crusaders Academy system and I was speaking to Colin Mansbridge, the chief executive, and we even discussed it then and he just said, well, you know, why why would why would we want it? We, our whole development, we, we would have to just, there's no point developing, pouring all those resources and developing players. If that end is going to get snaffled, go elsewhere. Um and Razor yesterday, he had a good... I mean, it obviously wouldn't be a draft system like the NFL where you've got guys coming out of college. Yeah. Um, we, just don't have, we just don't have enough. We don't have that kind of massive universities and that college system to sort of have it like that. But, you know, there's, I know there's been different ideas of how a draft would work if it was, for instance, just some lower-tier players that got um, could be up for grabs each year or however. But, yeah, look, I, don't, I can't see it happening. I just can't. I just don't think there's going to be any buy-in from... New Zealand teams, especially just, I mean, it does take the, it just, it essentially would um, mean you don't, why, why have an academy? Why have an academy? Yeah, why no. develop players if they could then be snappled? I've got a better idea. Get rid of the whole Super Rugby, turn the NPC into your competition, go head-to-head with the NRL every year, and bring back something that I think is missing in Super Rugby, and that's true tribalism. So you can, you can, you can, you can get excited about playing Wellington or Auckland, and, and all that stuff comes back. Then, then we'd be onto something. Well, that's I mean, look at that. That's a lot of people have that view, and uh, I think I think there is. I think the biggest thing that's hurt it is Super Rugby is, is there's just not enough parity at the moment, and that's just went away. You lose to African teams. It's just any competition for it to be good needs parity, and and then there's the playoff point, which I just touched on. Yeah. Um, you know, look, you can't have eight of twelve making the playoffs because again, if, what's the, why? If the, look, if this was a top four teams making the playoffs. There'd be a lot more, you know, the Crusaders would be scrapping for their playoff lives, you know, and imagine the interest around every game yep, now until the playoffs, if that was the case, they can still make it. So that's a big complaint. And the other one, finally, I've got quite a few. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, man. <laughs> my other complaint with it is, it's just, you know, the whole, there's too much focus still around the All Blacks. The All Blacks rest week, too many All Blacks, essentially being told you've got to rest players, yeah. they can't play so many in a row. That, that really grates and. If fans don't know, if they if they say, "Oh, the Crusaders are sitting Sam Whitelock and Cullen Grace and Richie Moanga this week," and you you know, why would you buy a ticket in advance? You just don't know. Exactly. I mean, the stars bring out the fans, and the fans are what are the people that make the game, and that's where uh, certain members exactly. of the rugby community are forgetting. Uh, Rob Van Royen, Stuff's Crusaders expert. Thanks so much for giving us your time this morning. Have a cracking day and enjoy the game this afternoon. No worries. Cheers, mate. You are listening to the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. Enterprise, the recruitment company, improving people's lives for over 50 years. And it's time to talk ice hockey because we're not too far away from the start of the New Zealand Ice Hockey League. And uh, in Canterbury, you have the Canterbury Red Devils and their defenceman and an ice black himself is Dan Nichols. He joins me right now. Morning to you, Dan. 
Good morning, Stephen. Mate, ice hockey, we're in the middle of the uh, NHL playoffs at the moment. Does that get you a little bit more excited about the upcoming local season? Yes, it does. It um, sort of usually coincides with when we kick off. Being in the southern hemisphere, on the sort of opposite schedule um, to the to the northern hemisphere, there. So yeah, um, definitely a few, few of us players are following that closely. Yeah, who are you? Who are you following? And who do you think wins the whole the whole gamut? Well, if you looked at the regular season, you know, you know the Boston Bruins had probably the best um, season uh, for any team getting the most points, but they got knocked down in the first round. So, um, playoff hockey is one of those things where um, the best teams on the day win it. So, uh, I think it's all uh, pretty up in the air at the moment. Oh, okay. But are, are you a Bruins fan, or do you have someone else that you are following in these playoffs that you think are a shout? Uh, not me personally. I was probably offended if I was picking a fan of the Rangers, but they unfortunately got knocked out um, as well. So I see myself as sort of a neutral uh, bystander <laughs> now. No, they got the knocked, rest of, rest of the fun. They got knocked out by the, the other Devils, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Um, so I wonder if that's a good, good sign for us Canterbury Devils um, <laughs> or not there. Is it a deliberate reason that you start your season now, sort of while the playoffs are on, to sort of uh, capture that? nuance of people watching ice hockey? Mm, no, probably not uh, uh, explicitly for that. It's probably just more the natural winter sun to kick in uh, around the country and as we sort of progress into winter sports that sort of aligns with the ice hockey uh, uh, season there. All right, well, let's look at the Ice Hockey League. So today in Avondale and tomorrow in Avondale, uh, there's the Admirals against the Marcos and the Swarm versus the Marcos. Now, are they the official start of the season? Yeah, so it sort of kicks off our NZIHL um, season, but probably one thing to note with this, the Marco um, team, which are based out of Auckland, they're a newish addition to our league. They've been around the last couple of seasons, but they're a, a development team um, with the purpose of sort of giving players in the under-23, under-21 age group that aren't necessarily getting game time with the other teams in the competition or the main teams from the regions, um, chance to play some games and, and develop themselves. Uh, let's let's. I want to go back to the beginning because I look at ice hockey in this country and go completely niche sport, right? So you sort of have to shout <laughs> louder than anyone else to get attention. But I've noticed in the last couple of seasons you're getting attention more easily. What do you put that down to? Yeah, I think there's been a focus from our um, league just trying to um, plug the bit on social media a bit more, and and it is quite an appealing, attractive sport. It, and you're right, a niche sport indeed. And a lot of people, um, you know, common sports here, your rugby, netball, cricket, etc. they get a lot of your time. But when you do get the glimpses of ice hockey, and you're right, the NHL playoffs on, on primetime TV, and you see a wee glimpse of it, it can spark a people's interest. And so coming down and seeing it live, um, live action is, is a thing that, yeah, it's quite a rare thing that people um, yeah, have that excitement and the speed and um, obviously a little bit of physicality as well. See, see, I've got a friend of mine, a former producer mate of mine who's a Toronto guy and has, he married a Canadian. And, and I know I'm going to get a biased answer here, but he said there is no sport better to watch live than ice hockey. No, I, I won't be disagreeing with that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh, look, yeah, it truly is, and it's, um, I don't know, a really cool atmosphere. The game can even flow quite easily. One big hit can, can change the momentum, get the crowd going, um, and a couple of flashy goals, you know. It's, 
really does have a lot of action packed. And there's quite a few little nuances that you don't see when you're um, sitting at home watching TV. Like a, a player is usually on the ice for 45 to 60 seconds and, and then they sub off for a teammate. And things like that that you yeah, probably miss um, when you're spectator on your couch. Are you seeing growth in the game in this country? Um, yeah, I think just speaking from the Canterbury region, there's um, been quite a good effort from our uh, Canterbury Ice Hockey Association to grow the, the kids and the learn-to-play area. Um, so that's promising signs. Obviously, there'll be a few years away until they'll potentially reach the sort of Canterbury Red Devils level. But um, at that youth level, I think, yeah, there's definitely been focus um, and trying to get more kids into the sport, uh, which is good. But you're right, niche sport, I think we're at a couple thousand sort of players registered uh, nationally, so, yeah. When mums and dads are looking at sports for their kids to play, does it become a little bit restrictive because you've got to have a lot of gear to play ice hockey? You do, yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh, costs can be a little bit prohibitive and also the access to the ice is another thing. Um, one of the harder things with ice hockey is you, you, need, to, you need to be on the ice to, to practice um, and most places around the country only have one ice rink um, and so it's not like you can just go down to the local rugby fields and kick a ball around and, and have some passes with your mates whenever you want. Um, yeah, so time time on the ice is, is quite a limiting factor as well. So why did Dan Nichols get into ice hockey? What what drew you to the sport? Um, you'll probably hear a lot of people say Mighty Ducks for movies, etc. <laughs> um, mine wasn't quite necessarily that when I was about uh, nine or ten years old. Uh, my family moved um, moved house, and the new kids in the neighbourhood they were on the street playing street hockey with rollerblades and and hockey sticks. And seeing that as the young kid, I wanted to jump out there and join them. So I did that, and then a year or so later, found myself on some ice skates and and jumped into ice hockey. Was it a love affair from that first moment you hit the ice? Yeah, I definitely, um, definitely thoroughly enjoyed it, and yeah, I've been probably in and out of it now for close to uh, twenty odd years. So, uh, yeah, I really enjoy it. Explain your role, a defenseman. Correct me if I'm wrong, but a defenseman is so you got to be one of the the tough nuggets, or or is everybody in an ice hockey team a tough nugget? Uh, you got to be a little bit tough and a little bit crazy to be on the ice. So um, <laughs> yeah, put yourself put yourself into uh, both those categories. Um, yeah, look. Uh, normally on the ice you've got five players plus a goalie. Um, usually three of them are dedicated as forwards and two defensemen. Um, however, you, ice hockey is all five of you attack at one time and all five of you defend at one time. So while you might have the label defenseman and the label forward, uh, you do find yourself doing both roles um, as the game can change in an instant. Uh, are you the designated hitman? Oh, look, if I need to put my body on the line, it will go on the line. Um, but there's some fast, fast uh, younger kids coming up, so I've got to be careful uh, <laughs> when I when I when I go or not, because they can make you look pretty silly if they get the step around you. Dan, I know we're talking a little bit of 101 hockey, ice hockey here right now. Uh, but that whole fighting thing is that is that choreographed, or is it part of the game that is accepted? Uh in international ice hockey, fighting is not deemed uh, part of it. So a lot of that you'll see comes out of the North America, and they play under slightly different rules where it's not quite punished um, as severely. So um, 
yeah, it's a bit more part of the game up there uh, in New Zealand and uh, in our international tournaments that we play, we play under the international rule book. Um, so you do get kicked out of the game and suspended for probably at least two games um, if you do fight in our leagues. I, I noted your season uh, starts next weekend on the 14th. You're up against the Admirals in Avondale. Uh, how are the Canterbury Red Devils shaping for this new season? Yeah, um, we've been training now for a couple of months and um, various players have been away with national team duties over the last couple of months as well. So the last week or so we've sort of been getting the squad, you know, full squad back on the ice and um, starting to gel and make our combinations. We've got a pretty consistent team from last year. Um, obviously being an amateur sport, people moved for various life and family reasons um, to different parts of the country and worlds and stuff. So there's a few new um, changes and people on our squad, but I think we're starting to come together. Um, we had a tough challenge going up um, playing the Admirals. Um, they've got a good, good representation of players that represented New Zealand as well, plus um, a bunch of uh, consistent experienced guys as well. So, uh, yeah, look, it's probably a, a tough first round, but um, yeah, we'll got another few practices under our belt to, to fine tune and polish some things up. And you and you have to wait till what June the third to get your own home game. Correct. Yeah. So um, early June. Yeah, third of June is our first home game, and I think we've got three home rounds in that in that June month. So, um, yeah, it'll be a chance for us, you know, Canterbury fans, to come down and show their support them. Well, it sounds pretty exciting. I know there are guys here at SENZ that uh, love their ice hockey, so uh, I know they'll be following the new NZ, uh, New Zealand Ice Hockey League, with uh, a whole lot of interest. Dan, thanks for your time, mate. No problem. Thank you very much, Sam. Yeah, that's uh, Dan Nichols uh, from the Canterbury Red Devils, uh, brought to you by Trident Homes, designed for living, built for life. Proud supporters of the Trident Home Tactics. Check out their modern home plans at tridenthomes.nz. Saturday morning and our focus is on Canterbury. This is the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. Enterprise, the recruitment company involved improving people's lives for over 50 years. One that man that improved my life in the world of rugby league was former Kiwis coach and Warriors coach Frank Endicott. Morning, Frank. Morning, Stephen. How are you? Yeah, mate, I'm good. Uh, let's just start by looking at the season to date at the moment in the NRL. I've got to say, I don't think I've seen a better season and quality of footy in a long, long time. Well, with the 17th team coming in, I thought it would water down the quality. Um, but at, as at this stage, it hasn't. And the games have been really, really exciting. We're getting upsets. Uh, you can't pick one team out that you can say will be in the grand final at the end of the year. So that makes for a healthy uh, competition, Stephen. Are you as surprised as I am at how the Dolphins have started their campaign? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, credit to them, because uh, I picked them to be down the bottom end of the table. Uh, and you've got to remember, we're only a third of the way through the year, so it yeah. still could happen. It depends a lot on injuries and all the rest, but they've really fought in, in a couple of the games they've come back and won. I would never have believed um, especially that one against the Cowboys. It was a phenomenal win. Well, when I think about secret sauce, everybody was saying, well, they haven't recruited a marquee player. You know, they're all, all looking, could they get Munster? Could, could they get this individual? And then I just looked at the Bromwich brothers and went, there's your secret sauce, and Wayne Bennett is playing you all like a violin. 
Well, he is. He's doing a good job of them, actually. And, um, you know, when you get the experience of the two Bromwich brothers and uh, Kafusi from Melbourne Storm, mm. they've had a lot of victories over the years. They know what winning's all about. They're experienced. And they're the core. You don't need you don't need the standout. I mean, you, you talk about standout players, marquee players. Look at Caelan Ponger at Newcastle, you know, paying a million dollars for him or more, and hardly had a game out of him. So you're better off with those more consistent players who have had experience, they've been there, they know how to win, and they bring the team around them. And I think I think he's uh, got the formula there. Well, the one thing that Wayne Bennett, and you know this as well as anyone, he's a very he's very simple when it comes to coaching, right? He doesn't overcomplicate things. And when you look at this young Katoa who's come into the halves, who's incredibly inexperienced and playing like a, a veteran, you've got to say he's doing something right. He's doing a lot right. I like that uh, player. I think he's a very good player, very talented, quick on his feet, good pass. Um, he sets up tries. And, and, you know, let's remember, he put a very experienced player out of that position in Milford. Hmm. So um, that was a big call from Bennett, and um, he made the right one. He pulled the right strings. And, and he's showing a lot of confidence in the kid too because he's keeping him there, and the more games he gets under the belt, the better he's going to be. He'll be a real good player by the end of the year. And, and from a coach's perspective, Frank, because you know this better than anyone, to show confidence against against criticism and to and, and imbue that confidence into a player, does it work as we're seeing with Katoa? Do you, I mean, do you have an example Absolutely. in your in your career of going? No, I'm going to I'm going to disagree with everybody, and this is I'm going to back this person. Oh, look, I've done it many times. I remember, um, you know, Gene Namu was one that, um, <laughs> you know, they, they used to go on about. They used to give him hell at, at, in some games. I always had the faith in Gene, and I brought him into the Kiwis, and uh, which was very unexpected at the time. I had all the faith in the world in him, and he, and he never let us down once. So, you know, that's just one example. I mean, there's many of them. And, um, you know when you get confidence in a player, you, you've got to turn off to the criticism from the fans. Um, and, and, and the media, and you've just got to say, hey, I'm going with them. And uh, I remember picking I remember picking a couple of guys, Logan Swan, for instance, in the Kiwis, out of reserve grade. He'd never played a first-grade game. And look at the success he was. Yeah, you no. know, it does happen, but you've got to believe in them. Yeah, and, and that, that's what it's all about. And it would appear right now that the Warriors, the one New Zealand Warriors, are believing in this coach and their new coach, Andrew Webster. And do you see it the way I see it, that they're actually playing a rather simple game? They are, but uh, which game was it a couple of weeks ago? Oh, I'll tell you when it was. It was the first half of the Storm match, the first 30 minutes. Yeah. I said to the wife and people sitting here watching the game with me, I said that is the best rugby league I've seen played by the Warriors in 10 years. Fair play. And it was. It was yeah, it was brilliant play. It wasn't just one up, one up kick. You know, they, they played it simple, but they, they they did it well, you know. And uh, it really, really impressed me. If they could get that th- first 30 minutes for the Melbourne game and repeat that every week, they're going to be right up there. Yeah, the disappointing part was the, the, the rest of the game, right? You, what they, they, allowed, yeah. they allowed the storm back into the game. And I just wondered whether that was just a, a sign that we need to understand of where they're developing under Webster. Absolutely. It's not going to happen overnight. I think Webster's doing a very good job with him. I think he's... Um, I've never met the bloke. I, I, I know of him and I know what he's done and um, and I, I admire him. I think he's doing a great job and he needs to be supported all the way. And, and I do hear from the camp 
that the coaching staff and the players have got, you know, really respect him, and that's a good sign. Well, it's better than hearing that there's a division in the ranks, because you know how uh, footy players talk, right? <laughs> well, they do, and you've only got to look at the Dragons, uh, for you know, at the moment. You know, I mean, you know, that's really... Uh, and the Tigers are having their problems because of infighting, and that's what you don't need. Oh, if you're yeah. going to win a competition, everyone's got to go in the one direction... At the same time, you've got to buy into what the coach says. But it starts at the top, too. It starts off the puck. I always remember Kevin Campion coming. This, I've told the story millions of times, Frank. When Kevin Campion came to the Warriors and changed the way they played and their attitude, he said, I asked him, what was the secret sauce at the Broncos? He said, all we had to do was worry about playing. Everything off the park was taken care mm. of. Absolutely. Yeah. That's where good management comes in. You know, you take the you take the strain, uh, the pressure off the players. They're there to play the football. Don't get involved in the politics. It's interesting that you mentioned the Tigers because there's a report going around on Fox Sport at the moment that the Tigers may be interested in Sean Johnson. I can't see him going to the Tigers. Can you? No, I can't. No way in the world. No, he, he he's. I've never seen Sean so happy as I have in the last few weeks. You know. Uh, the last couple of years, he's looked really unhappy. The last two or three years, and uh, but now he's actually back to where he was, and uh, great to see. Well, he's the oldest player in the in the in the squad, which is quite surprising when you when you think about it. But what are you seeing out of Sean that he's back to where he was, if if maybe just a tiny bit slower? Um, well, yeah, you can't beat Father Time with speed, that's for sure. But, um, you know, I, I see him going for a gap where, you know, a few years ago he would have gone through the gap and scored. But he's going to the line. I'd like to see him just take the line on a little bit closer. He's doing a lot of his plays, uh, you know, four or five metres from the defensive line. If he can get within two of them and put the play on, that's when they can start making some line breaks. And that's what's missing at the moment. Are we being unfair to call Sean a confidence player? No, you're not being unfair at all because he is. Uh, you know, when when Sean's confident, he's brilliant. He's as good as any halfback in the world. Um, but you know, we've seen him over the last couple of years with no confidence at all, and, and his game just fell away. And he copped pressure and plenty of pressure, and and it told on him. But now, and I, I put this down to the coach, to be honest. I think I think Webster has actually got through to Sean and got the getting the best out of him, and that's that's credit to both of them. Are we are we as in the Warriors, I shouldn't say we, are the Warriors uh, still a little light with Dylan Walker at six, or do you like the solidity he brings there? Well, he brings a lot of experience there, Dylan Walker. The only When they signed Dylan Walker, the only thing that worried me was his discipline, um, because that man, he was very undisciplined, uh, and he gave a lot of penalties away, but I've noticed he's got better in that area, in that department, so... I, I, I thought, to be honest, I think he's played quite well this year. Mostly the best I've seen him play for a while. So, you know, he, he along with Sean, you've got an experienced um, pairing there in the halves. Uh, I think at some stage, and like they must have someone up there now that's looking looking like coming through when Sean gives it away because you've got to blood someone in. But, you know, we've got two good experienced halves at the moment that can uh, foot it with anyone. One thing that uh, impressed me last week, uh, uh, despite them losing, was uh, the four... Well, actually, it was two weeks ago. It was against the Cowboys game. It was Freddie Lussick. Everybody's saying, oh, he's not as good as Wade Egan. And I saw this kid take a chance and run with it. I like him. Yeah. I think he's a good little halfback. And, and he's only getting limited game because of uh, Wade Egan. Um, 
who's not the fastest. Egan's not the fastest hooker in the competition. He's, no. mo- he's mostly one of the slowest. But by gee, he knows when to run. And if you remember Cameron Smith, <laughs> the great the hooker yeah. from Melbourne Storm, he wasn't the fastest hooker in the competition, but he knew when to run and when not to. And Egan's very similar, and he uh, he makes some good yardage around the rucks. He keeps the markers guessing. <laughs> and Lustig really impresses me coming on, and he does a good job when he comes on. I want you, I want you rude of the back line they've named to face the Panthers, because I've always looked at the Ford pack and gone, actually, it's it's a pretty strong Ford pack. You've got Fanua Blake, Egan Afoa, Jackson Ford, who's become a revelation, the tough nut and Marata Niukure. And then, and then I go, well, hang on a minute. Uh, oh, let's not forget, of course, uh, Tohu Harris, who's back. Tohu Harris, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I had a, my numbers was I missed a number. Sorry, sorry, Frank. But I look yeah. at the back line and go, could it be better? Kossi, Pompey, Montoya, Zelezniak, and Klockstad. Where do you see any weakness? Because I'll be blunt with you, I'm not a fan of Pompey. I, I, I look at him as the weak link. Well, he he can miss the odd tackle. He's a big, strong centre, um, and he, you know there's not many centres around his size, and he, he's strong. Uh, he can score a try, but he's not the finished article by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I just think they need to do a lot of work together. I I have an idea. Is Mantoya in the centres this week? Yeah, he is with Pompey. Yeah, I like Mantoya. I think he's a real competitor, and and so is uh, Watanabe Zelesniak. Um, they run as fast as any uh, as any forwards, you know. Or oh, they run faster, but they run as hard as any forward, and uh, they do a great job for the Warriors. And the, don't forget the fullback Clockstart. I've got a lot of time for him. I think he's an underrated player. Well, completely underrated, but that position's obviously in jeopardy with the return of RTS. Uh, were you surprised, or you, it was just a matter of time before RTS came back to the great game we all love? Just a matter of time. I, I watched him in the rugby. I don't watch much rugby union, to be honest, but when he was playing, I did, just to see how he, he was coming on. And he looked like a, a fish out of water. Um, same as Benji Marshall did. It, just not suited for the game. He went there for a reason, to play for the All Blacks, and good on him. Yeah, that was his childhood dream. But now it's time for him to come back to the real game and, 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 and play like he can play. He needs space, you know, and, and give him space, and um, he can, he can he'd be a great signing for the Warriors. Yeah, but he's not, he's not going to be the same Roger Tuivasa-Sheck that left. Well, he could be. Um, you know, there's no reason why he can't be. He's still young, you know, he's not that old. He's still got speed. Uh, he knows the game. It'll only take him a couple of games to get back, Stephen. Okay, one final thought, and it's got nothing to do with footy tonight. Uh, Millwood, Nike, yep. your, your pacer, won again on Thursday night. What's that? How many in a row is that now? Oh, that's 13 in a row. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> Holy hell. She's 13, in the final Frank. in Auckland. Yeah, she's having a last race before a spell um, in two weeks' time in the final of the size stakes at Auckland, Alexandra Park. So um, we're hoping to make it 14. Life's not so bad. Frank Anticott, as always, thanks thanks for spending some time on the Canterbury Sports Corner this morning, mate. Pleasure, Stephen. Have a good day.